eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh... And the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we've got a familiar matchup this week. Our first, second division game of the season, I guess. The Packers traveling to Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears. Um, I guess really the only intriguing part of this matchup, at least to me personally, is the fact that the Packers and Bears are both tied for most regular season wins in NFL history at 786. So theoretically, whoever wins this game, you know, for at least a week will have bragging rights as the winningest franchise in the NFL. So that's kind of cool, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be cool if the Packers lose, but it's, it's a fun little tidbit. This is a little uh, historic franchise bowl, if you will. Yeah, I mean that, that's this is the kind of stuff that we're digging for to get ourselves to yeah, really. to be pumped for this game. But Packers obviously sitting at four and eight, Bears sitting at three and nine. Mm. The, the basement dwellers of the NFC North right now. Um, what do you think? I mean. How do you feel about this game? How do you feel about the Packers going into this game? Okay, the Packers should win this game. I'm sorry. There are a few games this season they should have won. They didn't. Like, you cannot lose. You can't lose to this Bears team. You simply cannot. And I know that Justin Fields was a full participant in practice, but he's obviously injured. On top of that, the Bears also have two of their starting secondary guys um, who are injured. I don't know if they're going to go, but they were do not participate, did not participate last time I looked at the injury reports. So like thumb or no thumb, the Packers better put up points against this Bears team. 
Yeah. And I mean, this was a team originally that they got their first win of the season against 27 to 10, put up some significant points there. You know, they kind of struggled on offense still to get things going, gave up 180 yards rushing on the ground, but only 48 passing yards through the air. So I think that's that's going to be the storyline, right? Going into Sunday is how much will Justin Fields impact the game with his legs? Whatever happens with both quarterbacks, you know, through the air, I think the ground game is really what's going to kind of tell the tale on Sunday. And that's kind of scary, right? We talked about it pre-show when you go into Soldier Field knowing the issues that players seem to have on the field itself. So hopefully, all things considered, the guys come out of it healthy. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And this is, I mean, the Packers defense is coming off a historically bad run. Um They've allowed 400 or more yards in three straight games. They haven't done that um, since like the 1980s. So love it. Yeah. And especially like going up against a player like Jalen Hurts, who again had a historic game for him and his personal stats on the ground. Um, Justin Fields is not quite, Jalen Hurts, obviously, but he is a weapon on the ground. And we saw that they were pretty incapable of containing Jalen, even with a spy, even with knowing exactly what Jalen Hurts was going to do, which was going to be run the ball. So containing fields, especially if his shoulder is bothering him and throwing the ball is going to be a little bit more difficult. Containing him and his legs is going to be like the key, I think, to this game, because otherwise the Joe Barry defense for better or for worse, whether we love it or we hate it should be able to stop the bears offense regardless. Yeah. And I mean, the injury report did just come out. We're recording this in the afternoon on Thursday. Everything is pretty much standard. Kind of what we expected. Aaron Rodgers was a did not practice Wednesday. He was a limited participant today on Thursday with a right thumb and a rib injury now, but all signs of course point to him playing. He said he wants to do so at least until the Packers are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, which, you know, I guess could be this weekend, could be a couple weeks from now, all things considered. We're not sure yet, like, when mathematically that would happen. Um, But everything else I think is kind of self-explanatory as far as Darnell Savage looks like he won't be playing this week with the foot injury, but everybody else on the injury report should be a full go. So Packers theoretically getting healthier at this point. Devondre Campbell maybe will have a chance to play this week. Um, Romeo Dobbs, it looks like might have a chance to play this week, which I think that is one of the storylines in and of itself going into this game. The fact that Christian Watson has come out, you know, guns blazing and he won rookie of the month for the month of November for his six touchdown performance over a span of three games. Um, so seeing Dobbs and Watson on the field together, I think is maybe one of the things that I'm most excited for going into Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's dive into that because there are a few things to be excited about with this Packers team right now, but the young receivers is definitely one of them. And I have tempered expectations because Dobbs is coming off a pretty significant ankle injury. He's been out, so I wouldn't be surprised if they had him on a little bit of a snap count. But these two have only seen the field together for less than a game's worth of snaps. So regardless of what we see, it's going to be probably more than we've seen so far this season. 
And now that defenses are really starting to respect Christian Watson as they should, it actually should theoretically give Romeo Dobbs even more opportunities, which is really exciting because what he was able to show in the first kind of chunk of this season was that he can kind of make the most of those. So you almost think about, you know, two pretty explosive athletic weapons out there for Aaron Rodgers. It's very exciting. Yeah, and I mean, I think just kind of to, to piggyback off of that, the offense in its entirety is a lot healthier than we've seen. So getting Randall Cobb back, who was involved against the Eagles, but didn't have like a ton of plays. Alan Lazard, you know, Robert Tunyon has kind of not been a huge factor this year, but all these guys being as healthy as they have been, uh, this might be the healthiest the offense has been all season. So kind of seeing all of the pieces finally for Matt LaFleur to put together, especially like you said, knowing that the Bears secondary has as many injuries as they do, hoping exactly. that'll give this offense some opportunities to gel. Because I think at this point, we're also looking long-term down the line, right? Where, you know, it might not save this season, but Matt LaFleur is going to be the head coach next year. A lot of these offensive pieces will still be here, regardless of what happens at quarterback. So just, you know, looking for them to keep, keep kind of stacking. And I think that's what's so exciting about Dobbs and Watson together. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, it's a perfect opportunity for them to see if they can pick on some depth guys in the Bears secondary. We know Rodgers is going to target <laughs> the non-starters if, if he can. Um, and so far, we've seen at least Christian Watson be able to make some pretty nice contested catches, get himself open with his speed and his size. So this should be a fun one. Again, it, it all depends on how Rodgers is feeling and how the thumb more specifically is feeling. But if he, if Aaron Rodgers is adamant about playing, Aaron Rodgers will play. So barring any, I think, significant setbacks, it's not going to be a, a Jordan Love game. Yeah, I loved the uh, Alan Lazard quote about having to renew his membership twice a year. So he expects Aaron Rodgers to play, or his ownership, um, twice a year. So that's fun. And I mean, it's a division rival game. We talk about it every time these two teams play, but there's such history. And Matt LaFleur, I believe, um, if I read the dope sheet right, yes, yeah, the first coach in league history to win his first seven regular season games against Chicago. Obviously, we know he's on that seven game win streak. So just a fun little streak, hopefully for him to continue as well, because we know now, of course, that he's lost to um, both the Lions and the Vikings. So I think this is just kind of I don't want to call it a get right game because I'm not sure how much you can get right when you're sitting at four and eight and kind of on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoff picture. But I do think a win in Chicago against a division rival would be like a very cathartic win for the Packers. Yeah, I was going to say this is kind of a locker room game, if you will. Like this is your biggest rival. You know, there's respect, but a lot of competition there. They the Packers are, of course, not playing up to their standards, but I still kind of view this Bears team as a lesser opponent skill wise, especially if the Packers like play and don't shoot themselves in the foot, play the way we know they can. So I feel like it's a long season and they're so close to their bye. Getting a win in now would just make the rest of December, January, I think a little bit more palatable. Exactly. And I mean, I think 
you know, it's a, it's a, just a really good opportunity for these guys to kind of get in sync. And I know they talked about going on a run, you know, before the Titans game and then before the Eagles game, like there, there was the sense of, or there wasn't, I guess I should say a sense of urgency because the locker room was, you know, still together. And I don't think we've really seen or heard any divisiveness as far as the locker room is concerned, but I agree with you hundred percent that this is the kind of game that can galvanize a team that, you know, is down they you they might be out you know mathematically this week we don't know but i think they're going to need these kinds of games the rest of the way to just kind of you know put that energy into themselves and into the team and cuz you don't want to be defeated with what is it four or five games left of the season like there's there's still too many games to play to be down and feeling out of it you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year fall guy fall guy fall guy that's what the poster said see ryan gosling and emily blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy trying to make it out because nope. i don't either it's not what i'm into right now what are you into talking yeah <laughs> <laughs> the fall guy only in theaters may 3rd rated pg-13 Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. I think... The way that this game is going to go, though, is going to kind of run through the Packers' defense. Yeah. Because it's really been – oh, we said, we said the stats earlier, but everyone watched the Eagles game. It's just been an abysmal performance from them the last couple of weeks, and the offense is starting to put up points, right? They they've now have two games under their belt of 30-plus. So – if the offense is able to do that, like these should be winnable games. Mm-hmm. If your offense is putting up 30, 31, 33, you know, th- this defense should be holding and they're not. And again, this is not a high flying offense. This is not the Eagles best record in the NFC. This is not the Cowboys going probably to the playoffs with Dak Prescott and all their weapons. Like you should be able to hold the bears to what you held them to at the beginning of the season. Now, again, they've added Chase Claypool, okay, and Justin Fields looks like he's kind of come on a little bit more since this game, the last game they played. But this defense needs a good performance. Not a great performance, not a perfect performance, not a shutdown performance. They just need a good performance. Let's go for, like, less than 350 yards. (laughs) of offense for the bear, you know, I mean, like that. And that's a low bar, right? That is a very low bar, but they should be able to handle that against this team. Yeah. And I think one of the concerning things too, is, you know, after the, after the game, Matt LaFleur had said, I think it was Monday in his presser that, you know, they had estimated that the defense maybe missed like 15 tackles against the Eagles. Uh, his official total was actually 22. There were 22 missed tackles on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, you can't do that against any offense in the NFL, but especially when 
you know, like we were talking about, you have a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields. So we saw what happens and how the game kind of went awry with Jalen Hurts, even though there were opportunities, of course, for the Packers to get back into that. And I think the Bears being the kind of team that they are, the Packers will be able to hang around if they do give up chunk yardage on the ground. We saw it, you know, uh, David Montgomery kind of blew through them in week two, but they were still able to recover because just, you know, the offense was putting up so many points. But I just want to see more balance, I think, from this Packers team. You know, we talked early in the season about once they play complimentary football, they'll start winning games and the defense was keeping them in games and the offense wasn't able to put up any points. It was like, hey, the defense allowed 17 points. The offense should be able to get 20 and win the game. And that wasn't happening. Now we've got an offense that's capable of putting up high 20s, low 30s point total wise. And then the defense is giving up 30 plus points. So I think just getting on the same page would be really helpful, especially with the way special teams has even been performing. Keyshawn Nixon has been, you know, a blessing as a punt revelation, a revelation, just a godsend, if you will, at the position. So just, you know, if we could start playing complimentary football in all three phases, which shouldn't be necessarily a big ask going into week 12, I think that would go a long way too for just the, the cohesion of this team moving forward. Well, I was going to say like what you're describing, right. Is complimentary football. And I think this just describes the 2022 Packers season as a whole, which is their inability to do that. And you said it, I mean, you look at the season, like at an aggregate level, and they're still not doing it based on the way each side of the ball is performing, let's say in the first half versus the second half of the season. So let's just put together a good four quarters here. And it's against a team you you really should be able to. Now, again, like we don't need to asterisk this anymore. They've played plenty of teams this season that they could have done that and should have done that with. But I think the way this offense has been going, I feel more confident in them being able to do that. I agree. So because, you know, we know that the season maybe is – we're hanging on by a thread here, waiting until the Packers are mathematically eliminated from the playoff picture, which maybe they won't be. You know, maybe nine and eight will be enough to to make something happen. Maybe there's a, a Christmas miracle or some type of festivist miracle in the works here for this Packers team. But is there anybody that you're like just really excited about watching, you know, for the next while the season, you know, is kind of wrapping itself up? Like anybody that you'll be keeping an eye on for these next couple weeks, just as you know, you want to see more evaluation from before you make like a, a cut them or keep them decision or just somebody who's like, you know, evolving as a player that you're really excited about. I mean, I think we already touched on the two young receivers and that's probably number one at this point, just given like, again, this is a season that, at this point we're thinking about the future and so the development of the two of them the development of the development of like a quay walker i i think i just want more playing time for the young guys like i want to see more Devonte wyatt i want to see more of like all the various rookies or like second year guys or even guys like tj slayton just like you're gonna have to make a decision about who your stars are next year. And most likely there's going to be, this team's going to look different and you're not going to know what you have if you don't play them now. Um, Honestly, I know this might be a crazy take, but I want to see more Josiah DeGuara. 
I don't know if that's like just in the run game or whether like they just don't trust him yet in the passing game, but I just feel like good things happen every time he's on the field and he's been a phenomenal blocker. The run game is like the core heart of this offense and he's been instrumental for both AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. So I don't know. I'm kind of rooting for more playing time for Josiah DeGuara. Maybe that's my answer. I like that a lot. And you know, this this hurts a little bit to talk about the Packers and the Bears because obviously we know Jaquan Brisker was my favorite player um, or, you know, my crush for the Packers in this draft class. Um, he might not play this week. He has a concussion. But talking about the Packers needing safety help and then seeing the kind of impact that Brisker had for the Bears uh, in his rookie debut has been, you know, pretty pretty upsetting. That one stings a little bit. But I think that's my answer. I like your pick on offense, but – Um, To me, for the safety group, I want to see Tariq Carpenter. He hasn't really taken any defensive snaps. He's mostly been a special teamer, but, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Adrian Amos. We don't know what's going on with Darnell Savage. He's also hurt, so he won't be playing this week regardless. Um, Rudy Ford, maybe. You know, maybe he's kind of that Rasul Douglas, Devondre Campbell pick where the he won't make that kind of contract, but the Packers bring him back for another year as stability in the room. Um, mm-hmm. But then you're kind of wide open as far as what the safety picture looks like. And Tariq Carpenter, obviously a 2022 draft pick, has that really nice size speed combination to maybe be like a hybrid safety inside linebacker. So I agree with you 100% that, you know, let's see what some of these young guys have. And he'd be one of those pieces that I think it'd be worth exploring to see how he looks. You know, in the depth chart, they list him as a free safety. I always kind of pictured him more of an Amos strong safety, dropping, you know, closer to the line. But I don't know. I just I want to see some of these young guys get some opportunities because, like you said, there's a lot of roster decisions that are going to need to be made in the coming weeks, coming months. And I, you know, you got to know what you have in some of these players. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. Yeah, it's it's an odd place to be in from a fan perspective of kind of looking at each game with a new lens of this doesn't necessarily mean anything for long-term this team isn't going anywhere. So like, let's find what's important to them right now and where they stand and kind of focus in on that while we're watching. It's almost more fun when there's no stakes involved. So you can kind of take the good with the bad and just throw your hands up and say, well, that's this team now and move forward and hope that next season is, is, different um I really would love to see more Jordan Love I know that's another pretty obvious answer but it's not gonna happen although Rogers did kind of make a couple comments about you know once they are mathematically eliminated he'll he'll reevaluate how he feels about playing which is perfectly fair but I was listening to um a clip that Darius Slay had I don't know if you listened to this um and he had some pretty high praise for Jordan Love and look you can listen to the analysts you can listen to the pundits but players know the game better than anybody else does right and so to hear a guy like Slay who is you know been in the league for quite some time pro bowl talent high caliber talent has played against all the greats you know, enough to have a goat wall of interception balls, right? To hear him say, you know, Jordan looked good and that he was slinging it around and that they have kind of a bright future with him, I actually think means more than any ESPN analyst, anything like Matt LaFleur could say at the podium about how I feel. Like, that's that's real opinion right there. 
So I don't know, give, give Jordan some more time, which I think he'll get. There's plenty of season left. Um, but that's my final answer. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I thought that was really cool. And, you know, regardless, we, we hear kind of like political speak, I guess, as like, what do you want the coaching staff to say? What do you want the players in the Packers locker room to say about Jordan Love's development? Like, regardless of how good they think he looks, how bad they think he looks, there is an answer that they kind of have to give when they're asked about him at this point. So I agree with you that, you know, to hear other players in the league talking about, you know, I I think didn't slay even compare him to Aaron Rodgers at some point, which I know that's, you know, a very astronomical leap. He's not saying that he is the next Aaron Rodgers or will be, but just kind of like the, Hey, he was, he was really slinging it. That's exciting. And I think, you know, kind of one last thing here too is I think it's going to tell us a lot about Matt LaFleur these last couple weeks. And I think this entire season has been really challenging for him as a head coach, obviously to go from winning 13 games, your first three seasons to now sitting at four and eight, and kind of being on the outside looking in, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be the head coach next season as well. So the way that he can, you know, take command of the locker room, the way that he can help his team respond to this adversity, you know, I think he's said kind of what he needs to say at the podium these last couple of weeks, but just wanting to see his team battle and wanting to see his team stick together, you know, and get through it. I think, I think this was a really galvanizing season for him as a head coach, as much as, you know, if not even more so than it's been for the players, because I think this is one of those like character seasons that just, you know, winning is easy. And I know winning isn't actually easy, but when you're winning, everything seems easier. And I think this was one of those, those years for him as a head coach. That's a a real like lesson, a learning experience and whatever happens with the rest of his coaching staff, you know, after the season, it's nice to see how he's going to be responding to a lot of this. If the Packers of course don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Just quick note on the Darius Slay comment. I think context, he was saying that it was clear how much Jordan had learned from sitting behind Rogers, right? Like he was saying how, um, you know, he's like, Oh, he got that, you know, little move there. He, you know, scramble drill type thing. So regardless, like, I'm glad you want to pick up as much as humanly possible from sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, And that was the whole point um, was to sit him for three years. So either way, it's great. I agree with you on Matt LaFleur. I think I think this season could oddly be a gelling moment from a coach-player locker room perspective because you're right. I mean, the toughest moments can sometimes like bring people together, usually do bring people together. So, you know, we always say that Matt LaFleur is not this like really loud rah-rah, you know, the Dan Campbells of the world kind of leader, if you will. But I actually oddly think that his personality and his leadership style is perfect for these moments. He's very protective and private of his players. And I think in times of difficulty, being that way and shielding each other um, from whatever the outside media is saying, potentially what other players are saying, what other coaches are saying about them at podiums, right? Like thinking about Robert Sala Uh, and his comments about the defense, just like not, I don't want to call him, you know, dad, but that's kind of how I think of him, right. Is like, Hey, those are my guys. And I'm going to like protect them to the end. I guess like Papa bear style. Um, And I think about after they beat the Cowboys, how he got super emotional Mm -hmm. in the locker room and his post game presser. And like, that's the kind of thing that I think 
brings people together, right? Like coach is hurting just as much as we are. And he feels like he's let us down in the ways that he obviously participates in this team um, from us losing. And I, I can, if I, again, I'm not a player, but I think if I put myself in that position and I look at Matt LaFleur and the way that he's, I keep pointing out, so we're like protected his team, like I'd feel closer to him, right? I'd feel like I have more trust and more respect for him in the way that he's kind of handled himself this season. So while it hopefully is just a blip on the radar and the Packers go back to winning double digit games for the rest of his tenure, I think this can be a very like galvanizing gelling type of season in terms of like interpersonal relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's not like this season has been, and you know, you can never use it as an excuse. Obviously injuries hit teams every single season, but the Packers were relatively healthy the last couple of years. And obviously you could say that last season they didn't have Zadarius Smith. They didn't have Jair Alexander. Like they, they were missing some really significant pieces, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, but they were still winning games. And I think this season, you know, the injuries have piled up, including to your quarterback that makes things more difficult. So he's just kind of hitting a lot of like that rolling adversity all at the same time. And, you know, it's, it's been impressive, I think, to see the way he's navigated that, especially knowing, like you said, the kind of person that's private and quiet and being asked repeatedly if he's, you know, keeping his defensive coordinator and things like that. You know, you could argue that he's loyal to a fault almost. And we know he's going to have some, some difficult decisions and conversations that he has to make at the end of the season. But I think just the growth we're seeing from him as a head coach, you know, I think back to like the presser where he was introduced and everyone's like, wow, he's really timid and shy. And like, I don't know if he can be like a leader of men when you have Aaron Rodgers in the locker room. And it's just been, I think it's been really fun to see him evolve as like a very emotional, passionate leader um, for the football team. Yeah. A lot of Matt LaFleur love between the two of us, I think. Um, the hot seat that very deserved the hot seat is is cold in my mind at the moment um let's wrap up with score predictions i was gonna say i mean i i guess i guess we can predict the score if it's not a w i think we're gonna be uh pretty irritated coming back to record on uh on monday but i don't know what you thinking i mean i still think that unfortunately this bears team um is going to put up points because the Packers defense hasn't proven to me that they can stop that but I'm thinking something around like a 31 27 mark Packers win I was gonna say 27 21 or like 27 24 maybe with you know the chance at a field goal to tie things up that maybe I don't know let's get a double doink in Chicago that would be like a good That'd be an, another really cathartic stamp on the season. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping the Packers pull this one out. It's it's Aaron Rodgers against the Bears. It's in Chicago. You know, these are special games every season for Packer fans. Um, so hopefully Malifleur gets his eighth straight victory against the Bears. We're predicting a relatively high scoring game, hoping that the defense can come up with stops when they need it. But I think that does it. I mean, you know, we'll we'll see what happens Sunday. We'll see what happens kind of around the NFL too. I guess we'll be watching, you know, a lot of these other NFC games to see if the Packers are even still in it after mm-hmm. uh, after Sunday's games wrap. But yeah, looking forward to it. I, I don't know. I just love Packers-Bears games regardless of what happens. I think they're like the most fun games every season. Yeah, they're special. There's something about them for sure. But that is all the time that we have 
for this episode of Pax What She Said. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. You can follow Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube at Pax What She Said. Um, you can also find us on Odyssey, everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Remember to download the show. It really helps out our listening numbers. Um, but thank you, yeah, as always, for listening to the show. And go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.